Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Friday show. Happy Friday, everybody. It is April 10th. Adam Azer with Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, Ben Gretsch. We're going to talk about the running back prospects in the drafts. The best ones, the ones with the most upside, the fastest guys, the bruisers, the pass catchers, all that. And, of course, we're going to talk about Brandon Cooks. And it is Phone Call Friday, our first one of the year. Uh, Looking forward to hearing from some of our listeners interacting with them. How's everybody doing today? Ben Gretsch out in Washington. What's up? Not much, man. It's uh, the week of my oldest ninth birthday, so we had a fun time with that. That was a good quarantine birthday for her. Did <laughs> she? Is she like? Was she okay with it? Did she understand why she couldn't? She have a big was. Party? She's yeah. She's a happy girl. So she she did great. We the big I guess the big thing we did was we did a scavenger hunt that she woke up to. My wife had this idea that we'll do nine clues for her ninth birthday, and I wrote these little. You know, A B A B rhyming pattern poems, like little nursery rhyme poems, and hit them all over the house. You know, like her sister's favorite hide and seek hiding spot and stuff, which went off oh, pretty good. Great. I felt like dad yeah. of the year for like you know a little bit. That's great. That was pretty cool. Good for you, man. Heath, uh, what are you? You uh, you mad about my fictional football player draft team? Sorry about that. I, I wasn't mad about it. It was just another example. I mean, there have been countless examples over the years and this week of uh, yeah. questionable. Questionable uh, the last, decisions. The last twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's a microcosm of his whole life. Heath. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, sarcasm on Twitter doesn't work. All right, so let's talk about Brandon Cooks first. I just want to give a stat of the day, just to kind of tease what we're going to talk about later. Over the past, this is from CBSSports.com. Over the past five years, fourteen running backs have been awarded All Pro honors by at least one media outlet. All Pro. None of them ran four six seconds or slower during their forty yard dash time at the NFL Combine. So obviously you don't have to be an all pro to be good in fantasy, but I think that says something about your ceiling if you run a four six or slower. Clyde Edwards Helaire from LSU, four six. Zach Moss from Utah, four point six five. Javon Leak from Maryland, four point six five. Something to keep in mind. I'll get your thoughts on that later. But here's a segment called What's Cooking? Or come up with a better segment name. For the Brandon uh, Cooks trade. They've come up with a better name if you can. Actually, Heath, this is usually what you do. But uh, Too many cooks on the Texans? I was going to go with too many cooks, I guess. Receiver gets abandoned. <laughs> That's not bad. Instead of abandoned. Right. Because this is his fourth team in five years now. Yeah, and he has been, Brandon Cooks has been on a top five passing offense five straight seasons. Won't be the case this year. In those five seasons, the Texans have not been higher than 15th in passing yards per game. Maybe he will. Maybe he's the reason that these offenses have been top five the past five seasons. That's he was why the reason keep... for four of those five seasons. <laughs> That's why they keep trading him. It's interesting. I, I, it, so I asked Jamie, we did a bonus pod last night, who's the player most affected by this trade? I came away with it thinking it's actually Cooks. But what do you guys think? Who is most affected? Winners, losers on either the Rams or the Texans? I'll say Deshaun Watson's a winner. I think Tyler Higby's a winner too. Who's the one? And I, who's and the one to be that's fair, the I am biggest. I am a little more interested in drafting Brandon Cooks now than I was before, but not yeah, a Cooks, lot. Cooks definitely moved the most in the projections because I buried him behind 
Um, not only Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but I was really starting to think it was Higby over Cooks as well. And so he was like the fourth option for me in the Rams pass offense. I think he is quite clearly it when healthy. And he's like, I know there are serious con- con- concussion concerns, but he's missed two games in five seasons. Um, when healthy, you think he's quite clearly the number one option in the Texans pass offense. Gretch? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. I It is interesting to say whether Cooks has improved these offenses because the first thing that popped in my head is, you know, we talked a lot about what Brady has left in the tank when he went to the Bucks in the one year where he pushed the ball down the field a little bit more and was good, really good uh, in the last five years. I think he led the league in passing yardage was the one year he had Brandon Cooks. I mean, he does add an element to an offense. It's just kind of odd because Will Fuller kind of already adds that element and is a very good downfield player as well. So I don't know what this offense is going to look like. I mean, Kenny Stills is that player too. They have three vertical threats and and Randall Cobb, who's well past his prime in my opinion. So it's uh, it's odd. But yeah, I, I think Watson gets a boost and Cooks obviously is, is in a better situation now than um, L.A. I, I don't know that we have this data. I'm sure we do somewhere. And Ben, you might be able to find it in the next couple of minutes. I couldn't. I'm curious before New England, because Cooks had a lot of success in New Orleans with a quarterback in Drew Brees who hasn't been a big-time downfield thrower for several years. I, I would be curious if Brees went downfield more those years or if Cooks had more success on intermediate routes those years. If I recall, there was there was a year where, and I just looked this up, where the Saints had three receivers with over 100 targets in the same season. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, yeah, so this is before Kamara came there. Cooks and Sneed were second and third in targets with 117 and 104. And the year before that, uh, there were two receivers with over 100 targets. So I, I And I remember, I, I think Breeze threw a lot, because there was that one year where Breeze's pass attempts went way down and Cooks was gone by then. Right. I was. I guess what I'm what I'm not remembering more is how he was used on the Saints, and like he, we kind of view him right now as a downfield guy. I don't know that necessarily. Like, that's yeah. I know. I think he saying. can be used closer to the line of scrimmage as well. Yes, absolutely. Right. He's probably the most versatile of the three receivers, four receivers, if we're going to include Cobb, on Houston right now. And if I had to take a guess on what this offense would look like now, I think they're going to try and do even more spread RPO concept type stuff than they ever have before. And they did a lot before. And that's just, that's just good business sense they at least they have a plan now. At least there's something that they're doing that makes some good sense where they can, they can line up all four of those receivers on pretty much every play. Their offensive line is better than it's been before. David Johnson, I say what you will about him versus Carlos Hyde. I would think that he's a slightly, a slight upgrade over Carlos Hyde. And Deshaun Watson is it's going to have the whole offense on his shoulders to make plays. That's why I, I'm now back on board with Deshaun Watson. I, I'm I'm not ready to say he's a top five fantasy quarterback again, but I got him six. I'm, he's ahead of Breeze and he's ahead of Josh Allen for me again, because I think he could do I, to the point Adam made. I, th- I think he's going to have to throw a lot. So this could be a year where the Texans do finish in the top 10 in passing. And this trade just tells me the design of what they want to do offensively. Okay. I yeah, I he I said Cooks has been top f- on a p- top 5 passing offense. Right. I'd it won't be, be surprised. That, right. I'd be surprised if it's I bet, that. I bet the Texans could be top 10. So, well, what do you mean by that? 
passing passing yards per game. I can't see them. And they've never been any under Bill O'Brien. They haven't been anywhere close to top five. So I can't. I I'd be that'd be a huge jump. They were fifteenth last year. Uh, right. Um, Deshaun Watson has been one of the top five quarterbacks per attempt. Yeah, they just don't so, throw that much. In theory, if they threw more, he would. They would. They could. Like it wouldn't. It's not like they need to make a big leap in terms of their quarterback play. They just need to th- choose to throw the ball more often. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, well, well, they might have to because their defense is falling apart. Yeah, I mean, look, their their defense. Okay, so anyway, uh, here's here's an interesting thought, right? I mentioned this with Jamie that Brandon Cooks in his previous four seasons he had been eleventh, eighth, eighth, and fourteenth in non PPR. 12th, 10th, 15th, and 13th in PPR. So it's a top 15, as high as number eight wide receiver in four straight seasons, an extremely consistent player. It's just a perfectly good low-end number one, high-end number two fantasy wide receiver. If 2019 never happened and he had just gone from the Rams to the Texans and Hopkins were gone, I imagine you'd be ranking him in that same range as a top 15 guy. And it's I don't even know what to say about last year. It's not like he was playing with knee injuries or anything like that. I mean, concussions are obviously serious, but they don't hamper your physical ability the way an ankle or a knee or something like that would. Uh, my point is, you know, he's only 27, or I think he'll be 27. 26. He'll be 27 in September. So, it, yeah, what's to stop? What's to prevent Brandon Cooks, who, by the way, has never had a target share of, of even 21%, Whereas DeAndre Hopkins is usually on 30% with the Texans. What's to stop him from getting back to being that same guy? 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, 80 catches, that kind of guy. We would expect that from him if not for last year, which was just kind of funky. He was actually off fair. to a good start last year. He was. Like if you go back and you look at his games in September, he did fine. And then in October, something happened, and then he got hurt. He had the two concussions. That's probably what happened is he had twin concussions within a four-week span. And then when he came back, he was he wasn't even like I think he had one game with eight targets and everything else was like super minimal. The stats were terrible. And uh, my my guess is that the Rams were concerned about him following the two concussions. And well, obviously and- they they don't they don't love him because they just traded him away. They don't think that he's going to be helpful to them. And and they're eating a huge piece of his contract on top of that. Their, their offense is also struggling, and that's when it shifted to more short passes to Tyler Higby. They weren't, I think they were concerned about being able to protect Jared Goff and, and for cooks to actually get into his routes down the field. Um, you know, that wasn't something that happened, but this is also a guy who in 14 games had two games that he left early. You know, we talk about, you know, when we talk about uh, per game numbers, he had two games under 40% snap shares. He had one game that he only played three snaps because he left so quick in that, uh, in the Cincinnati game last year. So there, there's some things in his, I I agree with Adam. I mean, this is a guy, one of the, one of the receivers I I talk about youth, he came in super young. He came in, um, actually was playing his first games at age 20. So he's been around for a long time, but he's still pretty, pretty darn young. He could very easily be described as being in his prime, except we just don't know about the concussions. We don't necessarily know now about his fit in the new offense, but he has been consistent as he's, gone you know to different teams throughout his career up until last season yeah so uh who's gonna be the highest on him if they could i you know i might be it might be uh ben based on what i just heard but who's gonna really want brandon cooks anyone here it, it depends on the round 
Yeah, I, I ran a Twitter poll this morning with uh, Cooks, Marvin Jones, and Debo Samuel because I have them all ranked in similar spots. And I'm pretty sure Cooks was in last. And so if that's the case, then yeah, I'm probably going to want him. That's going to mean that he's going to be available. Um, definitely in round seven. Yeah, uh, so you would, would you take him in round seven, Heath? I think I seven or eight, yeah. Okay. That's that's a really interesting spot. I was going to say the same thing. I agree with both of you. I'm going to be very cost sensitive on him because I am concerned about the concussions. I was going to say that I wouldn't take him in rounds five or six where you can still get some of these young upside receivers. And Samuel's kind of the end of that group. Uh, seven's where it's going to get interesting. I'd love to get him in like round nine. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's, that's where I he think was. This will be like interesting to see how people perceive it. Right now, I mean, Debo Samuel crushed that poll. It's very difficult for me to see how Debo Samuel has more upside than Brandon Cooks or Marvin Jones. Um, we've seen absolutely monster season and a monster half season from Jones, and we've seen Cooks four straight years being a top 14 wide receiver. We also saw Debo Samuel have a monster half season to end last year, and, and that was on limited targets and rushing work. So if his role expands this year, and he's, yeah, and the, Emmanuel he's Sanders the top gone. target getter. And, and right, Sanders right. is gone. Oh, too. we're hoping that he could maybe do what Marvin Jones and Brandon Cooks have done in the past. Right. But there's also a decent chance that the 49ers add a receiver. They've got two first round picks. So they could use yeah. either one of those picks to go and get anyone from anyone, honestly. They, they're they in range for any receiver that's available in this draft. And if they and do that, that will obviously them. hurt. Right. It would, it would hurt Debo immensely. Mm hmm. Okay, let me ask you guys some rapid-fire questions, and we'll move on. Uh, do you do you value Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, or Tyler Higby any differently here? And and Jamie didn't seem to care about this report, but Sean McVay said that he needs to do a better job of utilizing Jared Everett's skills because Everett is a difference maker. So he did, well before you get it, just just that question: Does Cooks leaving change your perception of Goff of any of the other Rams? Let's say that. I did research on the Rams uh, two days ago, and I ended up spending an hour and a half watching Tyler Higby film. And I, I love the way that they used him. And I he, he's he's current. He was my top five tight end before the trade. I had moved him up ahead of Austin Hooper. Remember, because I told you that Hooper was my fifth tight end by default. I didn't find anybody <laughs> rapid else fire. That I really even liked. Yeah. I'm talking as fast as I can. He is pretty <laughs> rapid. Hig, Higby Just is the answer. one that's moved up the most. Uh, Higby moved up the most for you. Okay. Uh, ben, any take on the Rams? Yeah, Cup and Woods moved up. Higby, I have not drafted anywhere yet and probably still won't. Heath? S small bump for Higby. Josh Reynolds is now draftable as a deep sleeper. Uh, how about how about Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? Who are you guys ranking higher? Cooks by a lot. Fuller by a little. <laughs> but I, I'd rather have Cooks in nine than Fuller in seven. Uh, Fuller. Yeah, I don't think Cooks in nine is realistic because I had been taking a decent amount of him in our mock drafts and he had been going in about the ninth round. And that was before this trade. It's an obvious value boost for him. So why, why do we why 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 do we want Fuller over Cooks? I don't we know don't if I want either of again. them, to be honest we don't, with you. We're in rapid fire mode. We don't okay, need yeah. this again. <laughs> I okay, can we mark this to come back to at some point, Adam? Yeah, of like course. why why Will Fuller over Brandon Cooks? Of course. Yeah. Because he's very good. Because receivers are changing. Brandon teams. Cooks has been a top 14 wide receiver four years in a I row. I didn't say Cooks was bad. Than Will Fuller. I didn't say Cooks was bad. 
But he does have concussion issues, and that's the other reason I said I'd love to get him in round nine. I don't think people are going to jump to draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round that has five career concussions. Yeah, he's only missed two games, but he's no. he's had a ton of concussions. Not, not, not to mention not he's super inconsistent. Four. Not round one four One week or he's five. great, one week he's terrible. Yeah, but I, I think round seven is in a 12-team league. is pro- It feels like to me that's where Cooks would go. Sure. Um, but I don't think he'll make it to round nine. All right, you can... Listen to us at home with Alexa or your Google Home to play. I just ask them to play fantasy football uh, today. Yeah, you have to use the word today there. Say, hey, Alexa, play fantasy football today. Ask Alexa or your Google Home. Start and stop FFT episodes with your voice. And join our Facebook group. I had a nice conversation uh, with the Facebook group about Joe Mixon. We are going to have someone on next week, hopefully, from the good old Facebook group. Uh, search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook or click the link in the description to chat with the FFT, FFT team and other fantasy fans. we got Keeper Questions, Dynasty Talk right now. Uh, any topic, basically, is, is fair game. Well, I wouldn't say that, but many topics are fair game. Golf. Golf. Can we yeah. talk golf? No, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, I did want to get to a segment called I Won the Fictional Player Draft and Heath Can't Stand It. I won the draft by, by vote on Twitter poll. It was me by a nose over Jamie, which was a mistake because Jamie had the best team. But yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself, Heath. I won the baseball fictional draft. Is that segment and, before or after the best ball segment that I wrote an article for yesterday? So best ball got bumped for Brandon Cooks. Best ball is going to be next week. I, I understand. This, that's typically what happens. Well, I, I could spend 30 seconds on the fictional draft. I can't do that with best ball. You can blame Brandon Cooks. Blame Bill O'Brien. Uh, all right. Well, I just wanted to brag. Let's get to uh, Phone Call Friday. We are going to hear from some of our listeners. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. Our first caller today is Jordan. Jordan, what's going on? Where are you from, Jordan? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. All right. Uh, how, are, how are you doing, man? How, how's quarantine life? Uh, it's okay. Uh, I'm actually a, a teacher, so we've been working from home and uh, you know, still trying to get adjusted, get all the kids uh, working online, so it's been uh, pretty busy. Well, we appreciate what you do, and we appreciate you listening and, and calling in. And what is your fantasy question today? Uh, well, I have a a, a twelve team PPR dynasty that we put together uh, last year, and um, it's a little different. We're doing seven rounds for our our, uh, our rookie draft, but we're including free agents because we're looking to expand the league a little bit or expand our rosters. And so there's a few guys on the uh, the free agency pool that I wanted to see how y'all thought stacked up against the uh, the rookies. Sure, love it. So uh, one of the guys, so I'm a little uh, running back needy, and Raheem Mostert's on the uh, on the free agency wire, and he's uh, eligible to get drafted. I wanted to see where y'all would put him with the uh, the rookie running backs. I would take at least six or seven rookie running backs before him and that's not really because i hate mostert but in dynasty i i value youth a ton uh Uh and he's uh 28 so he could be the starter for the the niners all season this year but the way they shifted multiple starters last year i'm concerned that he's not going to be the guy for 16 games and i'd much rather take shots on guys that i think have the potential to be impact players for multiple seasons i agree oh go ahead I think that fits mid-second round, probably in a rookie draft. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm drafted in the back of the back of the rounds because I won my league last year, so I'm I'm going to be drafting last, uh, just trying to trying to gauge see where where the guys are going to fall and stuff. 
Look at that. 100% of our callers have won their league so far. <laughs> That's good. Anything else uh, that we can help you with, Jordan? Other players? Um, oh, so, yeah. One thing I wanted to add. So, we, we're not playing with team defenses. We've been uh, uh, drafting. Uh, we drafted our defensive players, too, last year. So, we're actually rolling out. Uh, we're starting three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and three uh, defensive backs next year so uh another thing i wanted to ask like what about guys like chase young and isaiah simmons like where would y'all put him in, in a rookie draft simmons you might consider taking with that late first round pick it depends on what the scoring is like and it really depends on just how needy you are for idp players versus the types of receivers and third tier mm-hmm. running backs that that'll be there um it, it depends on how how you are at idp how tough the league is as far as identifying IDP players and them getting snapped up. But I think Isaiah Simmons has a chance to be an absolute stat machine because he can yeah. play all over the field and th- he's going to be a three down player. Yeah. He looked, he looked like a monster in college. So. Right now the other side oh. though too, is that there, there are going to be a plenty of IDPs that you can find later on in, in, in your drafts. So if, mm-hmm. if you're not inclined to take an IDP with the, your 12th overall pick and I can certainly understand that, um, then, then you could certainly wait, and you can find other linebackers later on that could potentially help you out. Middle yeah, linebacker sure. types, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's interesting because he he could be eligible at different positions. The guy could play so many places, and we'll see what happens with him in IDP. Jordan, thanks so much for calling in. Right. Thanks for teaching our our kids, and uh, you know, thanks for thanks for being a listener and for being part of the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. Jordan, maybe you can get Patrick Queen with that second round pick. So you could punt on Simmons unless you trade out of round one. And Patrick Queen could be your guy in, with your pick in round two. Okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. Our second caller is former NFL wide receiver Rob Moore or just a guy who happens to share the same name, probably the latter. Rob, welcome to the show. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. What's up, man? What's going on, Adam? Great to hear from you. You don't think I played for the Jets? I don't know. On, I, I live in New Jersey. My brother had your jersey. I remember. Big Jets fan. He had that that Rob, that Moore jersey. So this is an honor for everyone in my household to be talking to you right now. Adam wants autographs, Mr. There Moore. <laughs> so Got how are you doing, Rob? What's going on? Not too much. Not too much. Just living the dream like everybody else during a coronation. <laughs> uh, you've been watching Tiger King? Uh, I have not actually watched Tiger King. I watched all of Ozark. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's next. Big Ozark list. fan. Ozark's great. Yeah, he he's like captain of the Ozark fan club. So what's I, uh, yeah? I just finished episode nine, and I'm in complete shock, and I'm I'm not going to go back for a couple of days. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for spoiling. It's a great great way to end the season, end the year. Great way to end that season, by the uh, way. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Oh, I know it's going to be a great game. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything it's, it's else. Uh, what's your fantasy question, exactly. Rob? Exactly. Fantasy question is this. For next year, I've got to keep two out of three. Um, and it's these are the rounds that would cost me draft picks. I've got George Kittle. He'd cost me a third rounder. Miles Sanders, sixth rounder. Lamar Jackson, ninth rounder. Who should I keep? i got to keep two out of three. How long I mean, can you keep them for again? Um, if I keep Kittle, he's done after this next season, 2020 season. The other two I'll be able to keep for another year after that. Bye-bye, Kittle. That's what I yeah. said. 
I was already going to say bye-bye Kittle. And I mean, obviously he's great, but you have three great options there. Yeah, that's what I thought. I figured Kittle was going to be gone because I can probably pick him back up around the third round again if I need to or want to. Yep. All right. Cool, man. Okay. Rob, thank you so much for, uh, for you know, your contributions to the Jets and uh, to the show. <laughs> appreciate it, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. Our next caller is from somewhere I've never been, uh, the Grand Canyon. Brad is on the phone. Brad, all right, where, where do you live, Brad? So I live maybe 500 to 1,000 yards away from what's called the rim of the canyon. My wife's a teacher here. Holy moly. That's really cool. You've never been to the Grand Canyon, Adam? No, I've never been there. It is fantastic. Keith, you've been there, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, probably going back in the next couple of years, my kids really want to go back. We do the national park thing quite often. So uh, that's on our short list. So I once took a helicopter ride from Vegas into the Grand Canyon, like the helicopter lands inside the Grand Canyon, and it is so quiet and so peaceful there. Brad, you must love it. I bet whenever you need to like get a moment of Zen or whatever, you just go on a hike and and it's just like the most amazing um, experience every time. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So what's going on, Brad? What's, uh, What's on your fantasy mind today? So I'm looking for a good sleeper uh, later in the round. And so I was looking at all the different moves this year. And I was thinking two things. One, Tom Brady is known for throwing to his running backs. And Bruce Arians is known for having running backs who are great receivers. So that's why I'm looking at uh, Dare as probably one of my sleepers this year. I was running the numbers, and if you take uh, Tom Brady's for the past 10 years and Bruce Arians for the past six years that he's been a head coach, the running backs average 43.8 receptions for the season for about 450 yards and four touchdowns. If you give Dare some of the uh, carries that Barber had last year, he could get up to that 180 points in that PPR uh, uh, range and he would be a flex with the possibility to be a low end RB two. And I was wondering what y'all guys thought about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna love what you're saying until the Bucks draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire with a second round pick. Meaning that right. I, I, I I'm glad that you didn't go to Ronald Jones because I, I'm not sure if Ronald Jones can handle that role. I don't know if the coaching staff is comfortable with him doing that yet because pass protection's been an issue for him and, and receiving has been an issue for him. And Ogumba Wale was given that role for much of last year, if not the entire year. But I, I'm wondering if the Bucks think that they can upgrade on that. And so the draft will probably bring them another running back who can do that. And I think they've talked oh, about that. And, and that just makes, right. So I'm I'm nervous that it, Ogumba Wale is is going to get bumped off of that spot by the time we get to training camp. And if he does, then I can just slide in. Hopefully, people don't jump on too much on the bandwagon for the Bucks running back if they do get that, let's say, a high second-round draft pick or a third running back. Yeah, third-round running back. Does anybody think Ronald Jones becomes an every-down guy? Because, I mean, Jason Light's talking him up, uh, you know, saying they're still very you know, they're very high, very confident in Ronald yeah. Jones. Uh, ben, Heath, you guys feel like Ronald Jones could be – he could be the sleeper right now. Yeah, it depends on what they do in the draft. Um but I, I agree with Dave. I think they're 
there's a very high probability they take a back that in particular can catch passes and can pass protect. They really had an issue with Ronald Jones pass protection last year. And that's why he wasn't an ever down back last year. And I, I think from a, an efficiency standpoint, he should have been, but they just didn't want him on the field on, on pass down. So I think we're probably headed towards Ronald Jones on early downs and a rookie on passing downs who's shown a lot more upside in pass protection. And I guess I shouldn't say that Ronald Jones is terrible in passing situations. He did catch 30 balls last year. But I, I don't know if he's exactly what the Bucks want in that role. Brad, thank you so much for coming on. It was great speaking to you. All right, so there actually are a lot of news and notes. We had uh, a couple more callers uh, that we were queued up, but one of them was unavailable. Uh, one of them did not answer. So so we'll move on. Uh, thank you for partaking in Phone Call Friday. See if we can do it again sometime soon. There were some news and notes, but let's talk about the running back prospects first, okay? So overall, good class of running backs, medium, bad. How will we describe the running backs? Good. Better than 2019, for sure. For sure. I think there there could be as many as five contributors for three-plus seasons. And some of the guys I think we're looking at being contributors for as many as seven or eight seasons. What's your top I, five? My top five Heath? as of now is Taylor, Swift, Akers, Dobbins. Uh, I've got Zach Moss ahead if it's just seasonal, but Edwards Hilaire is really ahead of Zach Moss overall. So let, let's call Edwards Hilaire five and Moss six. Heath, where you at? I would say Taylor, like, like if I was tiering it, it'd be Taylor in a tier of his own, and then Dobbins and Swift. Um, and then there's a big tier that I, I agree that um, Moss and Edward Valera are in. Where do you have Cam Akers? Yeah, I'd put him in that same one. Okay. With uh, Like in the third tier. I don't think he's as good as the top three. Okay, remember, Edward Valera and Moss, 4.60, 4.65, 40 yard dash time. So that is certainly on the slow side. Um, Jonathan Taylor, so I think he's going to be number one for, for most people. We'll see what happens in the NFL draft. But as of right now, he's number one before we know his destination. How does Jonathan Taylor, Ben, compare to the elite NFL? You just don't care guys? about my rankings at all, do you? What's your, who's your number one? Sorry. <laughs> it's the same as that. I mean, I, I think Moss should be a lot lower, and, and you're probably getting there. But, yeah, I go Taylor Swift, Dobbins, Akers, Edwards, Hilaire. Hey, but you can go back to your question. Yes, Heath. Devin Singletary ran a four six six. He's not going to be yeah, an all pro. Devonta Freeman ran a four five eight. There's definitely outliers, but no, no, look, um, it's not. It's 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 all pro. It's not that they yeah, can't Devonta be good. Yeah, Devonta Freeman was an all pro and ran a four five eight. So that cutoff is very arbitrary. How about the forty time is an overrated number and it shouldn't be a, something used to mm. help determine if a player is good or not? Yeah, I, the, well. Um, there's more to every single player than their 40 times. Anquan Bolden ran like a 4.8 or something like well, that. Well, it Got has it. a lot more predictive power for running back than it does for wide receiver. It, I think it's very overrated for wide receiver. It does matter for running backs. Uh, yeah, Heath, you mentioned uh, Devin Singletary. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire reminds me so much of Devin Singletary. Their measurements are almost exactly the same. 5'7", about 207 pounds. It's hard to know what people actually weigh, but that's what they're listed at, and that it's very identical. He's really good, Devin Singletary, but I don't think he has a lead upside or anything like that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to look at these guys. Like, if we want to know how we really feel about them, where would you rank Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and Devin Singletary in this class? It's probably maybe the better way to uh, 
to discuss it. I'd probably put Jacobs in that second tier. I don't. He's not as good. And and I might put Sanders in the second tier as well. And I'd have I'd have Singletary in the third tier with those other guys. That's a good point. How do you guys feel about that? Is Jonathan Taylor better than than Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders? I don't think so. No. He's better than Singletary for sure. Ben, uh, who are we comparing to Jacobs and Sanders? Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yes, he's he's much better. He's a much better prospect than than okay. Sanders and Jacobs. Why do you say that? Um, I mean, four year starter handled the 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 rigors of that. There's people that are concerned about the touches. I think it's a really good sign that he was capable of handling that and, and being as productive as he was for four years. And then ran a four, three, nine at two twenty six is, is a, a phenomenal speed score uh, has the, the requisite size. Josh Jacobs as a prospect, we had workload concerns, obviously split time at Alabama. Um, Miles Sanders, I, I thought was a really good prospect, um, but also just not on Taylor's, um, level in terms of just pr- the combination of production and tested athleticism is just really, really strong for Taylor. Taylor, I, the last guy, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but one guy I can remember who there were serious workload concerns with, as in he had too much, was Ray Rice. And in three college seasons, Ray Rice had 910 carries. And the last three seasons, Jonathan Taylor had 926 carries. It, it's a lot. I mean, it's 299 or more carries three straight years for Taylor. And Rice... Look, he had a he didn't do much his rookie year. He had a four-year stretch where he was really good. In his next season, he was pretty bad, and then he was out of the league. But he didn't have a long prime. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't want to completely discount 926 carries in three seasons for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's that's Christian McCaffrey thing. had maybe more. I don't know. I mean, he Christian McCaffrey. This was a knock on him. He had too many touches at Stanford. Touches or carries? There's a big difference because he he returned punts. He, he had a ton of the carries. Right, he had I, a ton of carries. I'll look it up. Um, who is the best? Who who looks like the best pass catching running back? I think I think we've got a lot of running backs in this group who can do well in that role. I think uh, we didn't see a ton of it from Jonathan Taylor, but I think he can be a good pass catcher. I think J.K. Dobbins has very good hands. I think Edwards Hilaire has very good hands. Edwards Hilaire um, had 55 catches last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Akers, really I think his high. hands are underrated. And I think DeAndre Swift has, has, has good natural ability. I would say all five of these guys are, are going to be capable pass catchers. Just the, you know, you'd have to go and look at the stats to see which ones have actually done it a lot in college. Uh, McCaffrey only had 632 carries. Most of them were in his last two years at Stanford. But you know he had a lot of touches, but not—I mean, not not nearly as many as Jonathan Taylor. It's a lot of touches. It's a lot of big workload. Uh, he looks but, great. right, but we see run, like most good running backs end up with like what two thousand? What What do you mean? Twenty five hundred, three thousand, thirty five. You're talking about touches when they're all said in up? their NFL career, not counting what they did in college. I don't think that like nine like sure it's. It's not like nine. He's worn all the tread off his tires at age twenty-two. I think twenty-five hundred is a good number for that, and I agree. I think he's got plenty of. Uh, to me, the workload doesn't really matter, and it it also doesn't matter to me going the other way because Josh Jacobs barely had any work when he came out of Alabama last year. Uh, that 
to me, that, that number might be a small factor in the grand scheme. Maybe it means Josh Jacobs has an extra year of quality play, whereas Jonathan Taylor might not have that year because he was used up a lot but in college. Counterpoint, but I, I'm, not still to, I'm not discounting Taylor for that at all. We still haven't seen if Josh Jacobs can handle the type of workload right. that Jonathan Taylor has proven that he can. So I, I agree with well, Dave. How many touches I don't think... did he have last year? He had like 200 and some odd touches, and he didn't even play a full season, Jacobs. That, exactly. He got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Dave. I don't think it matters either way. And I, I, I think when you look at Taylor, there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it the way I, I think Adam's kind of looking at it. It's a lot of work. You can also look at it like he has shown us something that, ta- uh, that Josh Jacobs hadn't. And to his point, Jacobs also got hurt last year. I, I have, you know, any running back, I have concerns about injuries, but I have less concern that Taylor can handle the rigors of an NFL workload as a number one back because yeah. he did it three years in a row, right. stayed healthy. And I do think there are players who are just physically different types of, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but ju- they're just different. Yeah. Right. And, and I think he is kind of shows that in, in both his, his workload and also in his athleticism, when you're talking about a 99th percentile speed score and for the record, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he was, uh, fewer carries, but his one biggest season was more carries than Taylor ever had in one season. I mean, it's just three seasons of being a lead back versus two. Uh, but it's, it, I mean, it really is. It's a lot of carries. So I have no concerns from a seasonal standpoint for Jonathan Taylor. I'm just bringing it up in Dynasty. We, we don't really know what it's going to look like, but you it makes sense. I mean, the guy could wear out a little earlier than other it, running backs based on the fact you, that he has yes, such a workload. Yes, I think if you think... Like if your mindset in Dynasty is more than three or four years down the road, which personally I don't necessarily think it should be or it shouldn't factor in very much, like all of these running backs, we should just judge them on what they might give us on their first contract. Sure. Yeah. Um, That's the first four years. I don't think it's likely to catch up to him in the next four years. Agreed. Is Jonathan Taylor the number one pick in Dynasty Leagues for you guys as of now? Yes. Unless something really weird, like we had one of our CBS Sports mock drafts had Swift going at the end of the first round of the Chiefs and Jonathan Taylor falling to the third round of the Lions. Hmm. In that case, he's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like. I'm going to say that that's not going to happen. I like Dobbins a lot, but I but I want to get. I, I've talked about him, so I want to know what you guys think about DeAndre Swift. I just want to say about Dobbins. Um, I wish he had ran ran the forty, but he was. Injured. He's pretty fast. I don't think you need to a forty time to determine just how fast J.K. Dobbins is. Well, he he's also you know I think pretty physical. And his last three in his last um, four games of the season, he ran for at least one hundred and fifty seven yards against Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Clemson. Four good run defenses. Two of them were top six run defenses. And Dobbins one hundred fifty seven or more yards against Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Clemson. He also had more than twenty catches in all three seasons. So I like him, but. He's talked to me about DeAndre Swift and how he compares to Jonathan Taylor and, and Dobbins for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's quite like I, I think Jonathan Taylor's upside is he's the best running back in football, uh, best running back in fantasy football. I don't know that that same type of upside exists in Swift, but he's got top 10 upside, I, I believe. I mean, he's remarkably efficient. It's not like he's slow. He's averaged better than six yards per carry every year at Georgia. He didn't prove that he could handle a big workload. I don't think he ever had more than 220 uh, touches. It was definitely a shared situation because they always have so many talented backs. Um, I wouldn't necessarily hold that against him. I think he's 
maybe the best of the second tier is how I would view him. Quick thought on Cam Akers, Ben. I don't really have a strong opinion on him. Um, I like Dobbins over him. I know some people have Akers over Dobbins. Uh, I think he's pretty clearly, if you have Dobbins over him, he's pretty clearly the fourth running back. And I I don't think the other guys even really necessarily come close to him in terms of where you're going to tier it. Um, but yeah, he's he's good. His forty was a little a little disappointing, but um, or no, excuse me, we're talking about Akers. Four, four, seven. Akers. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about Akers. I, I was looking at uh, LA notes. Yeah, no, no, Akers was tested well and um, uh, was productive at Florida State. I yeah. I, he was. He's but... like a he's like a tweener. I think like I think he could be as good as like Josh Jacobs, for instance. Like I, I think the top three in this class are are better than any of the backs last year, and Akers is maybe on par with Jacobs. All right. What else do you guys have to say about these guys, Dave? Who do you want to know about? Whatever. You know these top these top five or six. We'll have to go. I think the that roster. I think landing spots going to matter huge for them because. I, I don't look at Jonathan Taylor as the guy could be the best running back in, in fantasy football. Like, I think he's good. I think he's the best running back in the class, but I, I think there's a real chance none of these guys get taken in round one. And the guys who are usually great for fantasy football, where are they drafted? They're drafted really early. So I'm, I, I, I would hesitate to say that about Jonathan Taylor. I'm worried about the fumbles. What if he goes to a team that's got a real jerk as a coach and, you know, they, they bench him because he fumbles? And what if he can't solve it? You know, we saw that with Sony Michelle a little bit. We've seen it with a bunch of running backs in the past where they, they lose opportunities because they fumble so much in college. I also don't know, like Taylor's got the size that I love for a running back because he's 5'10, 220. There are a lot of running backs in this class that don't have that same kind of size. And I don't know if that really should bother me as much as it does, but it does make me wonder if these teams see these running backs and they say, okay, great talent, great potential but they're going to be in a timeshare situation. And it wouldn't surprise me if we get out of the draft and, and maybe Taylor's the only one that's got a clear-cut job that's really good for fantasy. Like Edwards Hilaire is absolutely going to share. He won't be a lead back to start his career. Dobbins, uh, Akers probably won't share either. Dobbins and Swift have a chance to be the lead guy, but I bet they end up sharing. So I, I'm wondering if we get a lot of running backs here that we end up drafting in round five, round six, that's probably going to be the range for a lot of these running backs that we're talking about. But that's where, not where they where they're sharing and they're not necessarily you can't look at them after the draft and go, oh, yeah, got to have him. He's going to be a, a must start running back for my fantasy team from day one. Sure. But that's not really uncommon. I think it's it's pretty rare to, to have a rookie be the clear lead back. Um, you know, like Nick Chubb popped into my mind. They were they were sharing with him early on in his career. Um, and, and then obviously was very good in that part-time role in his rookie season. Um, Alvin Kamara came to mind. We He was going to be the third back. They also signed Adrian Peterson in the offseason. They drafted him, and he shined through because he caught passes and was very efficient at the NFL level. And also to your point about like really high draft picks being the stars, like yes, that's true of Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley uh, and Ezekiel Elliott, but Kamara is an example of a guy who went a little later. Dalvin Cook um, was a second-round pick. If memory serves, like, I don't think you have to be a a top pick as long as the team is willing to give decent enough draft capital and decent enough role to that player. And um, I I don't know. I think talent does shine through with this position. Um, One more guy that I think, you know, we kind of glossed over and Adam, you talked about at the beginning and we've, we've 
jumped around him a little bit, but Zach Moss, like I'm really low on him. And it, he's like the most interesting one to me because PFF has him ranked as their number one prospect. They have him ahead of Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift and Dobbins, all acres, all of them. Um, but the, the testing was really poor. He's five, nine, but two twenty three. he's really small, but thick. Um, but I, I just don't, and he has some durability issues. I just don't see it with him. He's also older. He's yeah. 22 years old compared to most of these, uh, pretty much everybody, everybody we talked about is going to be 21 by the time the season starts and Zach is going to be 22. But I, I, I liked watching his film. Like I had the most fun watching Zach Moss than any other player at running back in this draft class. The other, the other running backs were good, of course, and I'm not putting Moss at the top of the list, but just uh, he's, he's a feisty player. He gets yards after contact all the time. He can create without top end speed. And so he, it's funny that you brought up Devin Singletary with Zach Moss uh, or no, just in Clyde, general because Edwards, he reminds me a little bit. With Clyde Edwards, you is right. So like, I think Singletary might be a better all around running back than Edwards, you but it's close. And I think Zach Moss is the same type of running back as Devin Singletary, but I don't necessarily view him as a guy who can be like, I, I think because of the injury issues in the age, Zach Moss might be good for three of his first four seasons. And then he flames out. And when I say good, I mean, he's serviceable for a team and doesn't necessarily um, have a long career, become a stud running back. I think the idea of ranking him ahead of Taylor Swift Dobbins, Acres. I think that's kind of preposterous. And and I'm now on board with Elair over him as well. Um for over the long haul, not for this year, because I think Zach Moss could potentially be um a guy that can help a team out this year, a short term solution just because of his grinding physical style. That appeals to me. Mm. Well, First of all, I, I said it wrong. It's Edwards Helaire. There's an H in there. I don't want to perpetuate a mispronunciation. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't very impressed with Moss. I, I try not to put my opinion in there too much because, you know, I, obviously I'm not a professional with that. But he just seems slow. I mean, he's similar in, in size and, you know, in height and weight to Jonathan Taylor, and he's so much slower. And he also, even though he ha- he was a pretty good pass catcher, I mean, 28, 29 catches in two, two seasons at Utah, doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to be very involved in the passing game at the NFL level. It's just kind of my well, guess. Well, he could. It's just a matter of... And we could say I that just, about almost all these guys. Yeah, we but, just don't know. But like but Devin Singletary isn't. And Derrick Henry isn't. And, and you know, not that Moss is Derrick Henry, but he's, you know, he's not one of these quick in-space burners. So I think... He, I don't like his fantasy appeal right now. We'll see where he right, ends Right. We don't up. know where he's going to end up. It's got to be a great fit. Yeah. And one last name, just real quick to touch on. AJ Dillon, I think, is getting forgotten about. And he might not go very high. People are comparing him to Brandon Jacobs and other big backs. Derek Henry is a name that, you know, is like a really big upside comp. But he's a, a 247-pound back from Boston College. Another guy who had a long track record of showing, um, you know, the ability to handle big workloads. He ran a 4.53 at 247. I actually have him ahead of Moss. Um, weighs almost, I think, about 25 pounds heavier and ran a quicker 40 time. Caught some passes in college. There's concern about his ability to be a three-down back, but I think a lot of pass catching for running backs is situational too. So um, we have seen bigger backs that can catch passes. Leonard Fournette comes to mind. Um, So, yeah, I think Dylan is a guy that could be a little bit of a sleeper in this class, and I actually like him more than Moss. And his role is going to be pretty well-defined too. I don't think anybody's going to look at A.J. Dylan and say, okay, that's going to be our third-down guy. 
Like they're they're going to use him as a hammer. Yeah, he could be like the he could have a Jordan Howard type impact like he did early in his career with Chicago. Cool. Heath, yeah, anything you want to say goodbye? AJ Dillon might go ruin Devin Singletary. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. So I'm going to let Dave and Heath hop off here. They got to go on CBS Sports HQ, which you need to be watching right now. If you want some uh, some good sports coverage, some fantasy coverage, CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports HQ app. Ben and I will stick around and finish up the news and notes. Bye, Dave and Heath. Have a great weekend. Later. So, Ben, uh, Bill O'Brien called David Johnson a third down, a three down back. And they have Duke Johnson there. What do you think about that? Could he be a three down back? Could he be maybe a better version of Lamar Miller, who was, you know, usually like a top 20 running back, solid, uh, not spectacular? But can he be a better version of that and actually catch a decent amount of passes? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a healthy David Johnson is a three-down back. That's what we've seen from him. He has the, that's the appeal of him. He has the size to be even a goal line back, and he's been very good at that. And then also the ability um, to get out in the pass game and, and catch passes. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, it's not really crazy to call him a three-down back, but I don't understand after trading a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. I wish he just would have called Duke Johnson a, a three-down back. Um, I don't really understand, you know, the the, the game plan there. I think of all the deals that he's made or not made, you know, whether it was bungling the clowny situation, overpaying for Laramie Tunsil, I, I feel like the Duke Johnson trade might be the worst. I mean, especially now. Yeah. You barely used him last year, and now you went and added a very redundant version of him. <laughs> uh, okay, so there, we have a lot of running back news. I want you to tell me what stands out. Sean McVay said the Rams offense wants to use multiple running backs. The Chargers say they're still very high on Justin Jackson, according to The Athletic. Tampa Bay very confident in Ronald Jones, according to their GM. Buffalo GM Brandon Bean said Devin Singletary could be, quote, the workload guy, end quote. In fact, in his last six games, he had the fourth most carries in the NFL, but not a lot of catches. And we'll start with that, and then I'll have two more for you here. But Rams backs, Chargers backs, Bucks, and Bills. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about Jones probably early down role. We talked we talked a lot this offseason about Singletary probably won't get the receptions or the, or the goal line work that other backs will get. But I would expect both of those teams to feel that way about those backs. Justin Jackson's an interesting one. Um, he was good a couple of years ago in, in short run. Didn't get a lot of time this past season. Uh, I don't know that they're going to necessarily target a back. And if they don't, you have Eckler and Jackson as a pretty good one-two punch. And Jackson should play more than than some number two backs. It's not like Eckler's going to be an every down 20 carry type back. Um, and then the the Rams thing, I, I think, makes a lot of sense as well. I'm kind of counting in, in Dynasty, counting on the Rams not drafting a back. They now have added uh, an additional pick, but they only had five before. Now they have six picks, and they have a lot of needs. So I don't know that they really have the the luxury of going after a back in this draft. Uh, especially after they used one of those picks to trade up last year to draft Daryl Henderson last year. Um, they've already used a, t- a 2020 draft pick on a running back. It was just in a trade in the 2019 draft. So I think Henderson and Brown, they could use both. Um, I think they're pretty complimentary as well, and both could be productive for fancy. The, the one that I kind of don't buy is the Justin Jackson one. If they were so high on him, I don't know why they didn't use him more in the first three games of the season when he was healthy and Melvin Gordon wasn't playing. He had six carries, seven carries, and five carries in those three games. He's had one game in his career with more than eight carries, and that was the game when both 
Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon were hurt back in 2018. And he was really very underwhelming in that game. 16 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown, three catches for 27 yards. He ended up being good for fantasy. But I, I don't know. He was a seventh-round pick in the NFL draft. So I really have been sort of rolling my eyes at the people who are drafting Justin Jackson and being like, hey, great pick. And it's been said on this podcast, and maybe they're right. But I think he will be replaced by someone that they draft this year, personally. We'll see. We'll, we'll know in a few weeks. Uh, and the we got a couple of sort of number two or, I don't know, maybe number three running backs. But DeAndre Washington, the Chiefs signed him. And Naeem Hines, according to Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, he expects Hines to get a lot more work this season. And we talked to Stephen Holder, the beat writer for the Colts for The Athletic, and he also talked up Naeem Hines. First question, who's your handcuff in Kansas City for Damian Williams? I think that's a tough question. Um, I don't think we're really going to know. And and it'll be interesting to see if they add even more uh, to this stable that they have that they've built out during the draft. And I, I kind of expected them to. Now this Washington signing makes it seem maybe a little bit less likely. Um, but I think Washington is interesting. Uh, good season last year. I think he caught 36 passes. Um, oh, almost 700 total yards. You know, he got three starts because Jacobs missed some time. He played with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. There's some familiarity there. Uh, Mahomes tweeted out his excitement about Washington joining the Chiefs. Um, I think he's a, you know, he he should be someone who should be going in drafts as a, a handcuff. We didn't see a ton from from Darwin Thompson. I was going to be Daryl Williams over Darwin Thompson just because the Chiefs seemed to be Daryl Williams over Darwin Thompson throughout the year last year when they got those um, – they got in position to make those choices when Damian Williams was hurt. Um, but yeah, I think Washington could be the number two. It's either him or Daryl for me. Finally, we'll have to keep an eye on Naeem Hines and see what happens there, but he could be a trendy sleeper. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks and the Falcons released new uniforms. Which do you like better? The uh, Bucks. I think the Bucks are in the running for the best jerseys in football now. Yeah, they're great. Huge upgrade. Funny, the Falcons and the Bucks like they kind of look alike, but the Bucks just did it so much better. Yeah, I mean it's funny because the Bucks used to have. I, I didn't like their old jerseys where they had like a different color on the shoulders. I mean it's just mm. it's kind of weird. It's kind of that CFL look that was popular for a few years. They went back to a, a little bit of a cleaner look. I like their alternates that are the the pewter. Those look those look pretty fresh. Pew, like sports is great because I would never know what pewter looks like if not for sports you know what the hell don't yeah we- i wouldn't either <laughs> okay i was like oh that's what that color is there's a name for that yeah <laughs> look it up all right that's ben gretch thanks big thanks to ben schrager by the way for putting the show together and getting our our uh, callers lined up much appreciated thank you so much for participating to all of you out there for dave for heath for ben i'm adam hope you all have a great weekend no 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 no